Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the last in our series of Insane in the Membrane Pride Month Non-Binary Takeover. Insane in the Membrane. Uh, here we are. Welcome to the to the next episode, your latest episode of Insane in the Membrane. And what a month it's been. I have had some incredible chats with some incredible people, learning so many amazing things. I hope you have as well. I've enjoyed what we've, what's been going on, what we've been doing. But before we get into all that, I need to tell you about some things. Bit of admin, bit of admin. Thanks to everyone who tuned into our Dark Horse live comedy live stream under the stars with Jen Brister and Clinton Baptiste. It was a bloody good night. If you didn't see it or you didn't, you weren't around, you missed a really good night. It was fantastic. The audience that were there were brilliant. And then the audience online were even more brilliant. It was such a nice evening and it was so good. We're going to do another one. And with that in mind, for priority access to the next one, promo code and a free ticket giveaway, go to darkhorsedigital.co.uk and put your address into it. That's all you've got to do. No form filling and that's it. No, what? There's no form filling. You'd be a fool not to get involved with this. And I'm telling you now, the last one was so good. You, you, you need to get involved with this one. It was brilliant and I know you're going to love it. So do that for us. That'd be fantastic. Also... As always, those wonderful boys at Save Our Souls Clothing, Mark and Stacey, uh, they, they are our sponsors, our wonderful uh, sponsors. They support us, help us keep the lights on. And uh, if you go to sosclothing.co.uk forward slash membrane and use the 50% discount code membrane, you'll get money off their range plus the membrane tees and hoodies. And summer is almost upon us. Well, it's here, isn't it? But... The weather would tell us otherwise, but it's still warm. So what you need to do, go to the website and get yourself some of their wonderful garments. It's ethically sourced and even the ink is vegan friendly. So what's not to love? They're good lads doing good things. And it's an absolute pleasure to have those boys supporting this wonderful podcast. So thank you to them. And so without further ado, let's get on with our episode. Our guest this week, uh, Dot Alma. And this one, this one was even more of an education for me, because I, you know, like, and you'll hear it in the in the episode where I'm talking about, you know, you, you sort of think, oh, there's people that identify as as men and as male, people that identify as female, uh, people that identify as non-binary and trans, and but the term non-binary actually covers so many things. It honestly, it, it blew my mind when we got when we got into it, and dot was so easy to talk to and and um, and and they were so understanding and, and so open to have that discussion 
you know, without without you know thinking, you know, that I you know because I, you know, I get into these conversations. There's a little bit of trepidation because I don't want to upset anybody, and I say that in the episode as well. You know, the reason I'm having these conversations is to educate myself, and hopefully, people that are listening will be educated by hearing these conversations. You know, it's a to me, it's a new conversation. Uh, we get into this anyway in the in the episode, um, and Dot was fantastic. Uh, they were an absolute joy to talk to. As all the guests have been, you know, Grace Shush, they were fantastic. Ashlyn, they were fantastic. It, you know, uh, Lucy Fur, again, they were fantastic. It's been such a wonderful experience for me. And the, the feedback has been incredible as well. So thank you to all your, for all your lovely messages and things like that. It's been brilliant. We've had a really good time. And I know you're going to love this one. If you're a fan of George Michael, you're going to absolutely adore this episode. It turns out I'm a, I am, I, I, always, knew, I always knew I was a massive fan. We're gonna, you, we'll get into it in this episode. I'm chuntering again. Let's get on with it. So coming up in a minute, it's Dot Alma. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. A podcast from producer Paul.co.uk. Thank you, Dot, for your patience. Really appreciate That's that. That's right. Because uh, this has been, this is our uh, Pride Month uh, non-binary takeover, podcast takeover. Because uh, we were we were talking and we were, Paul and I don't, we didn't, we don't really know a lot about the non-binary conversation. Like we're two older straight white men. And so we were like, right, we need to talk to people who identify as non-binary so we don't sound like old dinosaurs, you know. And... Uh, <laughs> And uh, and uh, and so and so we've all right. Do you know what? We'll go better than that. We'll hand over the entire podcast to the wonderful people that identify as non-binary, and then we'll have these conversations. And so here we are. Here we here are. Here we are. Oh, oh, well, thank you for having me. I feel a bit nervous about being uh, being the voice of, the, uh, of non-binary. Um, <laughs> so yes, yeah, so I'm Dot. Um, uh, I uh, I'm non-binary. I use uh, they them pronouns, um, but not everyone who is non-binary uh, uses those pronouns. Um, and uh, there is like non-binary isn't just one singular identity. It's like an umbrella of identities. Um, so I identify as genderqueer non-binary because I very much feel like I have gender. It's just very queer. 
Um, But there are loads of different, um, there's lots of different, so some people identify as agender when they don't feel that they have any identity to gender. Um, Some people identify uh, as bi-gender, which is where they feel that they um, identify like as a man and a woman, for example, they might identify as two genders. Yeah. Uh, some people identify as demigender, uh, so that may be a demi boy or a demi girl, and that's why you kind of feel like a um, uh, like an alignment with that, but that's not your entire kind of uh, gender identity. Um, and then some people might identify as gender fluid, so it's kind of is what it says on the tin, so they're a bit more fluid with that identity. Um, uh, and then, yeah, sometimes people might refer to being transmasculine or transfeminine. Um, so that's where they uh, identify like with their gender or gender expression quite different to that, uh, to, to, to that that they, that they were assigned at birth, but they don't necessarily identify as binary, um, binary trans, which would be if you identified as a, a trans uh, man or a trans woman. Um, so uh, sorry, that's a bit of a mouthful. It feels no. like a bit of a... And it doesn't cover everything. And there are lots of kind of different um, uh, like non-binary gender identities that kind of fall, as I said, fall outside of that gender binary that uh, go beyond that as well. But that might just be like a a kind of a, a quick intro, perhaps. Yeah. Do you know what? This is the thing. I didn't, I, I, I understood, I thought I understood um, that, you know, you had, you had uh, men, women, people identify as men, people identify as women. Uh, um, and and then you had non-binary and people who identified as non-binary um, were kind of weren't either, and that's that was that was what I thought. And now you've now this now you've explained it. I'm like, wow, this is incredible. All these different, like you said, it's like an umbrella term for many different things. That I think you know, I I mean, I I didn't understand that. So there's there's other people that aren't even making that aren't even kind of exploring this that have no clue whatsoever. And this is, this is a, an, like an explosion of suddenly people are like, oh no, I'm this and I'm that. Fantastic. But where do you, where do you, how, how did you begin your journey? How did you get to where you are to go? Oh no, that's actually, that's who I am. You know? This is I. Oh, and I really enjoy, I, I kind of really appreciate you call it a journey because uh, I think, yeah, it kind of very much felt like a journey. Mm. Um, it, it started actually when I started doing drag. Uh, so I performed ah. as a drag king uh, and I started doing drag about three years ago. I did a fantastic course uh, at the Royal Vauxhall Tavern, which is a venue down in Vauxhall in London. It was called The Art of Drag. Uh, and I was like, oh, I quite fancy having a go at that. Um, uh, so I went on it and I started performing and I started kind of performing in London's kind of LGBTQ cabaret scene. Uh, but performing in drag kind of gave me this really uh, safe space to be able to think about like my think about my gender and my gender expression. Um, and and yeah, kind of this thing of like dressing up as um, dressing up as a man and dressing um in these clothes kind of gave me this like really brilliant feeling that I kind of hadn't really felt like I'd explored poppy before. Mm. Um, and I feel like a lot, like I do know quite a few people who do drag and kind of afterwards go, oh, hang on, now I'm looking at gender as well. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like for some reason, like it was almost like the stage gave me this really safe space uh, to like have these kind of conversations with myself, do these, um, do this thinking around where like, yeah, where my gender identity actually lay. Um, so yeah, thank you. Thank you, Art of Drag. Mm. Uh, you, you, you <laughs> helped me come to that conclusion. Uh, and it's been quite long, I 
think I've like, um, I have, uh, I've been, I'm still in therapy. I've got a really lovely therapist uh, who specializes in kind of sexuality and also gender identity. Uh, yeah. And again, having a, having a therapist who um, I didn't have to kind of explain all of this to and was very familiar with all of this really helps. Right, uh, yeah. And then, yeah, just having that time to like talk to my, like um, my friends and like other trans and non-binary people uh, and my partner was, yeah, just really affirming and really useful. Wow. Because that's the thing as well. It's a whole, like, especially people of my generation, like we, you know, we've been brought up, um, you know, a certain way. And, and, and we're not, like I said, we're not, we're not completely shut off to the, to the, to new things. It's not like we're old, like I said before, we're not old dinosaurs fumbling around, but the language is changing completely. And that's something that we need, we're having to get our heads around now. And it, and, and the amount, I, 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 the, the pronouns thing is something I struggle with only because I, I, I get it wrong because it's a new, it's a new sort of thing to me. So when I knew, when I meet people and they go, oh, I'm a they, them, and, and, and any, and I, the amount of times I've done it, like, I'm really sorry. And I try, you know, at least you try, I suppose at least you try it. Um, it's the intent, isn't it? I'm not trying to offend and upset. But it's 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 such and it, it it feels like such an explosion suddenly of this this whole new thing. Does it feel like that to you, or has this just been this has been like a uh, like a, a gradual thing that's happened over time? You were kind of you were already exploring this 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 world that you know the the changes there. Because when I when I grew up, like it was like there's men and women, and you had trans people, but that was it. The conversation sort of stopped there. So what 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 was it that got you started? Was it drag? Was it drag? It was drag. You were going. You went. Hang on a minute. There's more to this. Was it that? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I totally understand what you mean in terms of like, oh, it feels like it's very new, but like actually, it's mm. not. Like kind of um, the word kind of gender queer. Uh, and people having like non-normative expressions of their uh, gender identity is is really. I'm like, it's really old-fashioned. It's old hat. <laughs> uh, uh, you think about, yeah, like it's it's not it's it's not new. I think it's just becoming more accepted and more talked about, mm. uh, which can only be a good thing. Um, and I don't know. Sometimes I like you. You do get this pushback with people who are like, "Oh, are you uh, are you saying you're non-binary just to be cool?" And I'm like, oh, "Well, mm. it's very bold of you to assume that I wasn't cool in the first place." Actually, <laughs> like, yeah. I've always been cool. How dare you? <laughs> Uh, but, um, yeah, 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 yeah. But no, it's not new. Um, but we're now just being given the language to talk about it, which I think, mm. and that's the thing, because it's not like I kind of well. When I was growing up, I um, I think when I was younger, I was uh, I was a tomboy. So I'm uh, my, I thought I was very clever, and I used to call myself Todd, which is dot backwards. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, And I dressed as a boy, and uh, yeah, my brother. I have a twin brother as well, and I think one of the oh, most wow. exciting things that happened to me at primary school. I like hang on to this memory is my brother was sick off school and uh, the supply teacher thought I was George uh, because no I, way. I, pa I, I passed as a little boy. So yeah, she like <laughs> referred to me as George the whole day. I was like, ha, ha going along with this. And I think my mum came to pick me up 
Uh, and this teacher was like, yeah, your son's been great today. And my mum was like, what? That's not, that, that's not my son. And I was like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> the teacher. Hey. Uh, but yeah, and then unfortunately I got to like secondary school and uh, I got really badly bullied because I looked quite masculine. I was kind of like this long, thin beanpole with short hair and like got like, and again, this was quite like severe when you think about it, like trans and homophobic, transphobic and homophobic bullying. Uh, so I felt like I kind of changed like my gender expression and appearance because I was like, otherwise I, I am going to get bullied, which is a really horrible experience when you're mm. younger. Um, so yeah, I've, I almost feel as well that I've been, and sometimes I've been in the wrong form of drag. Uh, so yeah, kind of uh, being assigned uh, female at birth and kind of being taught that, yes. and there's absolutely nothing wrong with this. Like I, I, I always say, like I stand with femmes, they're great. Uh, but being taught like the way that I was able to express myself was, you know, lots of makeup and long hair and acting and behaving in a certain manner. And that was like, that was the acceptable thing. Um, and then, yeah, kind of getting a little bit older and being able to explore that, as I said, in a much safer space and actually being like, mm. this is this is what I feel comfortable with. Um, sorry, I've got a, a little bit of a ramble there. No, 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 no. I love it. This is this is this is, this is the whole the whole uh, po- point of these this podcast. It's all about the guest. It's all about them. There's a safe space for you to express yourself and tell us tell us tell us your story. And it's a safe space for me to ask sometimes clunky questions because it's difficult you never know what you never know how to ask you know what you mean to ask you know what you know what you mean but because i've not really had these conversations before sometimes it might come across a bit clunky but this is like a safe space for us to have a chat you know so go yeah. around it it's all fine oh my gosh absolutely and i think i think as well like people that I, I do try my best to think of people with kindness and I think it's really important um, as well to kind of treat treat people with compassion and kindness when they're talking about this. Mm. Um, not, every, uh, not everyone is going to get everything right, like, first, but yeah. kind of making sure that people are educating themselves as well as kind of trying their best is really important. And like even within kind of like the LGBTQ community as well, um, I was just thinking because yesterday I went to um, this uh, little party. It was called. Uh, it's like this George Michael party that happens every year on Hampstead. I Heath. was. I uh, was gonna. Go, I got invited to that. I got invited. Oh my gosh! Uh, you should have come. Yeah. It was outstanding. <laughs> I didn't have. To, I was doing something else. I couldn't go, but I got invited. I spoke to um, Iffy. And he went, you got to come, you got to come. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah I was going to go. I was going to go. I was going to oh go. Oh, my God. What was, what was it like? Was it good? Uh, oh, so it's incredible. For, for those who don't know about it, once a year, like for, for the last five years, it's it's kind of called various thing, but let's go outside. And it's a, a, a little kind of... <laughs> party that happens on Hampstead Heath in one of George uh, Michael's favourite cruising spots. Uh, and the whole kind of point of the party is to, uh, it's kind of a, around like sexual freedom uh, and mm. George Michael's uh, kind of outspokenness and relationship to that. Because, I mean, I'm a massive George Michael fan. Like I have got, same, I've same. got, I've, I've got a shrine in my living room. No like, way. Yeah, I have a proper shrine. It's quite like what? DIY. But, um, <laughs> but as someone said yesterday, shrines have got to be DIY. Otherwise, it's just state propaganda. So, well, absolutely. Um, yeah, so- yeah, you're not going to get... Yeah, it's a prop, yeah, it's got some soul to it. If, if you've created it yourself, it's real. Whereas, you know, go and buy a shrine from Wilkinson's or whatever. Yeah, no shrines so, yeah. from Wilco's. No, so, uh, so, yeah, so... Um, 
But yeah, George Michael, I felt was almost like this unpalatable uh, gay person. Like he wasn't trying to um, shape himself to be uh, palatable to kind of like heteronormative society. So instead of being like, oh, I'm gay, but like, don't worry, I'm just like you. I'm like unthreatening. He was like, no, I'm gay. Like I shag people on the heath. <laughs> um, <laughs> and what are you going to do about it? I'm going to make an entire music video to like kind of go back at this. The outside video, I just think, is the pinnacle of like political protest. Being like, yeah. you caught me soliciting in the toilet. Oh, well, I'm just going to make a, a single about it and make loads of money off it. <laughs> well, that was it, wasn't um, it? He could he could have just yeah, he could have just hidden away and, and you know, and I think he just thought, oh fuck it, it's out now. So now I'm going to just yeah. own it. It's a beautiful thing. Beautiful thing. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely stunning. So, yes, yeah, so yeah. this George Michael party, there were speakers. Um, there was a performance from my, one of my favourite drag kings called Georges Michael, uh, <laughs> who's incredible. Uh, and, yeah, there was uh, a few speakers. There was one person from, like, the Gay Liberation Front. Uh, and there was also this one woman, Siobhan, from, uh, this pro- who's produced this amazing film called Rebel Dykes. Um, and yeah, she spoke a lot about kind of like the uh, the like the intergenerational kind of uh, connections that we have within the LGBT community, and like kind of the younger generations just remembering to be to be kind and compassionate to like um, you know the 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 older generations and also like the elders within our community yeah, uh, because yeah, things yeah, yeah, yeah. things change like the world changes so quickly and also language changes and what's appropriate and not appropriate and what people feel comfortable with so yeah so we should we should absolutely be listening and educating ourselves but quite often absolutely. i think it's always a good thing to come come at it with a sense of kindness Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think you'll get, you seem to, you can get a message across uh, in a, in a uh, you get a, you do more good. You get a message across in a better way if it's, if it's, if it's done in it, like you say, in a kind, empathetic, fun way as well. But if it's, you're having fun with it, like on the Heath, like if he was telling me, you know, it's, it's fun, you know, you're celebrating this wonderful man and you're talking, and, and, and it sounded incredible. And I wish I'd gone, but I just didn't have time. I was doing something else. But next year, you know, next year next I'll be year, there. You definitely, must come. I'll be there. You absolutely, I'll be there. must come. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it can be difficult. So I, I also like again have compassion and kindness for people who kind of um, fight. Like, I like actually, it's it is difficult for me to communicate this with kindness and compassion because I think trans and non-binary people face so much kind of discrimination and oppression. Mm. Um, and it can, yeah, it can be really, really hard to, again, I keep on using the word palatable here, but to make your message palatable, it can be really yeah. difficult for people. And especially if they face kind of other, um, uh, like other intersections of oppression. So for example, if you're trans and non-binary and a person of color, or if you're trans and non-binary or disabled or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. If you have like these kind of multiple kind of um, sections of marginalization, I think that makes it even more difficult yes um yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah so so sometimes i i am like yes i can understand that sometimes you you need to be angry about this or you can be upset about this and that can be really valid too um yeah yeah uh, well, yeah, yeah i think it's it's interesting with the trans uh discussion because I, I i was talking to i think it was danny st james who was on and and we were talking like a lot of the a lot of the shit 
comes from fear, doesn't it? It's just fear. That, and that's why people say the things they say. Like, you know, because it's, it's the fear of the unknown, I mean. Let's, let me clarify that. Because they they don't understand it, so they so they fear it, so they so they start to attack, and you're like, hang on a minute, you know, like like Danny was saying, look, we don't give a shit about, we're not coming into your toilets to to attack you and sexually assault you, you know, we it's nothing to do with that, and it and it's it's an interesting conversation that that like I say, it's, it seems to be a lot of people that don't really understand it, and because they don't understand it, they're scared of it. So they just so they, they they attack it, and so these so you and other people that have these it's like this podcast having these conversations will hopefully help people understand it a bit more. I certainly understand it a bit more. Yeah, absolutely, and I think yeah, I, I, oh God, I find the toilet discussion like it really. I feel it really polarizes people, but you're absolutely right. Like trans women are not coming into the toilets to attack people like to be honest no. trans women and tr trans feminine people are more likely to be har like be harmed like mm. they're kind of uh yeah be harmed and cause harm which like absolutely blows my mind that people think that that could potentially happen um yeah it's something like i'm like uh, yeah so uh, god i'm trying to think i'm just looking up like some of these wee little statistics that i wrote down before like something like 75 percent of like trans young people have faced verbal harassment which is just wild mm. uh, and it it doesn't surprise me at all like i uh, went to the trans pride march on saturday uh, and i left i kind of was at the back with all the um the babies and the bikes because i'm not particularly great in crowds and i'm still being okay. like fairly um uh, conscious around social distancing mm. um and uh yeah i peeled off really early because i was like i've got i was working yesterday uh, saturday evening as well and i kind of walked yeah. walked to the tube station with my partner uh and you know gave my partner a kiss goodbye and i just heard someone go puff wow i was like what i was like this is yeah this is 2021 and i've just been on a trans pride march and someone's calling me a puff uh, and <laughs> yeah, I kind of wanted to say also I was like actually that's quite gender affirming thank you so much <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like oh I don't mind being good. Oh, thanks <laughs> mate <laughs> actually cheers yeah. <laughs> yeah but yeah like yeah it's uh, it's uh, uh, in the 21st century we're still we're, yeah we're still having these these they're still ridiculousness like that I was thinking about this the other day it wouldn't it be cool if we get to a point where you don't even have to say I'm gay or I'm straight I'm bisexual I am this or I am that I have this just to be a person do you know what I mean like we don't have to label ourselves we're just people that fall in love with other people or want to be in a relationship with other people do you know what I mean does that make sense yeah, it does make sense. And I can kind of see that, uh, but also in a slightly different way, I kind of, um, like it is really difficult coming out. And again, I think coming mm. out is like a really tricky subject and not everyone can come out or mm. um, has that same route. Uh, and it's yeah. this whole thing, like your, you know, your sexuality and identity is just as valid if you don't feel able to come out or if you're, if like coming out is, is, is a barrier to you. Mm. Um, but also I'm like, I think like in a way I'm like, I think I'm really proud and I, of like my my gender identity and like my my sexual identity as well like I'm like I I feel like I I have a really beautiful and gorgeous and supportive like community 
Um, yeah. So I'm quite happy that I have, I'm actually really happy that I have a label and I have language to talk about it like this. I'm like, yeah. Dark. I mean, obviously this is my label and like the way that I feel like able to talk about myself. But yeah, I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah. I love the bi flag. It's got a great color scheme. I'm there for it. <laughs> like, you know, I really like, yeah. um, I really like having this non-binary identity and yeah, having like a community that goes with it as well. Like it, it brings me like huge kind of queer joy um so yes but i do understand that thing that it would be nice if they you know you never hear of like straight uh or cisgendered people having to come out like no so it's see it does is that odd thing where it's like yes because you know cis and heteronormativity is is you know so prevalent that you have to say i'm not that Mm. um well yeah yeah and yeah it's, it's, yeah, I know what you mean. It's, it's, I don't know what really makes me laugh about these straight people, like the ones that, you know, people that will, that will see you, you guys uh, kissing each other goodbye and they go, oh, poof. You're like, what, why do you want to be so oppressed in your own little life? When I've, whenever I've, I'm in a, in a, in a gay environment or in a, like, a, 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 I'm using quote marks here, in a gay bar or something like that, it's more fun. It's more fun. You can be yourself. You know, I used to work in a gay sauna and I did actually have to come out as straight, weirdly, because I got the job. My mate, my mate got me the job and then he said, don't tell them you're straight. They might be a bit funny. So I had to pretend I was gay for a bit. And then I, ended up, <laughs> I so I ended up, I ended up in this, in a situation with this guy because he, because I was, I'd had to pretend I was gay. And then uh, uh, I tell the story in my act and we, we ended up, uh, he said, I want to spend a night with you. And I said, I panicked and said, you can nosh me off for a hundred quid. And we ended up doing that. But then when we finished, he went, you're straight. We all know you're straight. And I had to come out <laughs> straight. So it's not the same thing. Absolutely not the same thing. I mean, my granddad, uh, my dad's dad was gay, but, ne- but could never come out. And so that, that's, that side of it makes me sad that somebody couldn't be themselves. You know, they, they spent years having to pretend. And, and I think a lot of these people, that some that calls you a puff, are probably they're probably hiding something like they're not really being themselves, and I think what a, what a horrible way to have to live your life, you know? Yeah, absolutely, um, and yeah, I think as well about because again, this thing relating to kind of like the older generations of LGBTQ people mm. uh, and and like our elders in the community, like I say, like we truly stand on the shoulders of giants because there is so much that they went through. Oh, yeah. Sorry, we're, we're talking, we've been quite heavy biscuits. I feel like I've just been like... <laughs> but it's a heavy conversation. heavy biscuits. <laughs> Maybe we should talk about George Michael some more or something. <laughs> we'll come know. back... We'll- We'll definitely come back to George Michael, definitely. But this is okay. A, this, thank God. Because I love. I think I would have been friends with George if I'd met him. I think so. I love. Oh I my him. gosh! I mean, I would have made him friends with me. He wouldn't have been able to get away. <laughs> I loved him. I, he's he, out of all those people that sadly died that year. I think his was the most sad to me. I, I was genuinely affected by that. I, I couldn't. I couldn't believe that someone as beautiful as George Michael had gone it was it didn't I couldn't get my head around it you know it was a oh my gosh I no I 100% agree it was so sad because I remember it was Christmas day as well yeah Uh, and yeah I remember telling my mum and she was just like oh 
because my mum's a big old George fan as well. Um, but yeah, he represented so much to so many different people. And well, this just, is it, yeah. yeah. Also, yeah. also a love for him. Well, he went through, like you say, you know, he went through so much. I mean, for years, the constant bombardment about his sex, the questions about his sexuality. And then when he, and then, and he was, and he was made to, you know, when they, when they, I'm doing quotes again, but when they caught him out, you know, he, he was just dragged through the mud and you're like, this is such, this is so unfair that, you know, it wasn't, he, he was, it's society that's pushed people to have to sneak around in public toilets. Do you know what I mean? It should be it should be more free than that, but it's it's society that's making you sneak around. You know, there's a the, the, the couple of guys that I used to work for the who were who were gay, and I used to they they used to tell me the route for these different routes where I was delivering hairdressing products, and they would tell me they go, oh, "There's a public toilet there. If you go right there, like they tell me the route using the toilets," <laughs> and I'm like, "That's a real shame that you had to do that." What an interesting piece of geographical history, mm. though. Like yeah. thinking about like I because I always used to think this like pre Google Maps um I I shamedly would know routes places by being like oh that pub's there um, mm, like yeah. I'd be like yeah, oh so yeah that's how you did you it by, yeah you like I buy pubs but yeah not having that experience of of um of cruising or cottaging like because mm. I'm, I'm you know I'm not a gay man. Um, and yeah, being like my my geographical knowledge is centered around like these toilets. I yeah. feel like that's fascinating. I feel like that it must was... be like oh my god. I feel like that could be like <laughs> a, a, a queer art piece. Do you know what I mean? Ah, uh, what a great! I'm already idea. Writing, writing it down for like arts council funding. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was fascinating because I had no idea. The, 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 they went, oh yeah, if you go, yeah, if you go right there, that, that toilet's there, go right at that toilet. And if you go along there and then, and then you go up that road there and there's a cruising area there, apps on the left. And that's how they showed me to get around. And it, it blew my mind. And then, it, and like, again, it made me feel, made me feel sad in a way that it was, you know, they couldn't just be free and meet up and do where, you know, wherever. They had to go to these sort of like dark corners and do it like sneakily and, you know, it was a it was a shame. It was a real shame, but interesting. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Um, can I just very quickly go and get myself a quick glass of water? Yes, you can. My mouth is that all yes, right? Yes, you can. Oh, go for it. No, go for it. Go for it. I had actually made myself a cup of tea and totally forgotten about it. Oh, I have, I have done that so many times. I know it's lukewarm now, but I'll, I'll drink it anyway. I'm kind of like, no waste. Don't don't waste this cup of tea. The amount of cups of tea I have to stick in the microwave. Uh, oh, my my favourite one is I'll just put the tea in the in the, the cup in the the bag in the cup, boil the kettle, and then I'll just go away, and then I just completely forget that I was going to make a cup of tea in the first place. Ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. Um, we were just saying there's a bit of a delay, so. That's why there's a bit of a pause when we're talking. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah I'll, right. I'll edit them all out. It's a bit like Eurovision voting. You know, you, you get that kind of one question and there's two seconds later and then somebody laughs. But um, Yeah, yes, that's it, yeah. We'll close it all up. Oh, that's all right, because I was worried. I didn't Because I don't want you to think that I'm just, there's a massive pause while I'm waiting for you. And I don't no, want you that's to, fine. You know, that's all right. Uh, thank you yeah. as well for that, that slightly queer reference. I was like, of course, I get it immediately. It's the Eurovision. 
<laughs> when he said it, I was like, uh. <laughs> no, don't is, worry. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm. A, I feel like I'm such a a, a stereotype sometimes. Like I felt like I I went through it with some of my friends the other day. Like what kind of like queer stereotypes do we adhere to? And I think Eurovision is definitely one for me. Um, well, it's not a bad it's not a bad one to adhere to, is it? I mean, that's a it's a fun one, really. I mean, it wasn't so much fun this year, but because I don't think we didn't get any points at all, did we? Oh, I. F- uh, I, I know, but we never, nil point. I mean, I, I think my favourite, <laughs> my favourite ever piece of Graham Norton, because um, I think he's done an incredible job of, because, um, you know, dear old Terry Wogan uh, has left us as well. Mm. Uh, but I think Graham Norton's done an incredible job of like taking over from him in terms of like um, uh, the narration. But uh, I think it was when a few years back and uh, France, of course, was like nil point. And Graham was like, we built a tunnel to you. Uh, which I just thought was... Nail points! We built a bloody tunnel to you! <laughs> but this is... What I like is that... Go, talking about TV and things like that, there are now TV shows where the characters in them are gay, but it's not a thing. It's not like, a, it's not like the main event. It's like they just they are characters in it that happen to be gay which I think is a nice thing that's happening. Oh my gosh. And as well, characters like potentially to link it back to, um, uh, to like the topic of the um, podcast, but characters Mm. that are non-binary as well. Yeah. Um, I'm just thinking I have like completed She-Ra, which is just one of, so the remake of She-Ra, which is on Netflix. um, Which is like the super, oh my gosh, it is amazing. It's super, um, it's super queer. Like there's loads of like very obviously kind of, in fact, not just very obviously, like they are explicitly like uh, gay, lesbian, queer couples. Um, and yeah, there is an, like there is a quite an explicitly non-binary character as well who uses they, them pronouns. And I'm like, wow. this is in like a, a, like a children's cartoon and it's being presented Brilliant. with like no fanfare, no, like, oh my gosh, isn't this weird? Like the storyline isn't about like the tragedy of this person, which I think is a very kind of drawn out troop in um, uh, like queer archetypes. Like there's got to be a tragedy happened. Mm. Um, I find it a lot in kind of like, uh, I'm trying to think how to how to call it. I call it like, like, like queer, like kind of lesbian or like queer dyke. And it's always this like, there's always this absolute bloody tragedy that happens and it's sad. And I'm like, no, yeah. I want to watch a film where, it, you know, it's not someone doesn't die. Uh, like I, I want to watch a film where they're like the gay protagonist doesn't die, or it's not all about this person's like coming out. Uh, like I want to watch films where like you know gay, queer, trans people are happy. Um, yes. It would be nice to see that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like, yeah. It's yeah. They're just people doing people things. It's not about their sexuality. Yeah, absolutely. What I yeah. what I, yeah. I mean people. I think what a lot of people struggle with is because they need to, this has come up before, people need to put you in a box. So they need to go, right, you're a man, you're a woman. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's where people, that's what people need in there for themselves. They kind of go, that's what I need to do. And if I can't do that, I'd lose my shit, you know? And this is why we're having these conversations. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. And it really, I, 
It's difficult because I just think like life is ultimately more complex than that. Oh, for sure. Like li- life isn't these two things of, of like this is black, this is white, this is um, you know the, there are only these two binary genders. There are only like you can either be straight or you can be gay, and there's like no in between. I'm like, yes, of course you can also be all those things. Like, but also. Mm. Um, yeah, life and identity is, inf- for me anyway, is infinitely, infinitely more complex than that. Absolutely. Um, so to have something that's more of a spectrum, that's not even necessarily like a, yeah, like a very binary thing in terms of it's just this line and then like non-binary is somewhere in the middle. Um, yeah. And I realise as well, like I am a white, um, like kind of androgynous, masculine-ish presenting um a slim person who was assigned female at birth. So actually, like, I am tend to be what... When people think of non-binary people, they tend to think of someone like me. Um, mm. But I realise that, like, that means that I, that I present with an awful lot of privilege. Um, so, like, non-binary people, again, who are people of colour, people who were assigned, you know, male at birth and are trans-feminine, like, they they encounter like far more kind of difficulty than I am almost like, again, this like palatable face of like non-binariness, which oh, yeah. on yeah. one hand, I, I still, you know, on one hand, yes, I am still facing like a, an, an you know, a load of shit, uh, mm. an awful lot of oppression. But I do realise that like, yeah, when people think of non-binary, they tend to think of someone like me, yes. um, which of course there is so much more than that. And yeah, people exist in such a different, like there is such a, a, such a large spectrum of people who fall under this umbrella. Yeah, I tell what I, I feel now, now, that, now that I'm exploring more and finding out more and educating myself, I feel like, like now someone's taken the lid off this wonderful pot of paint, this wonderful color paint and just kicked it over. And now the paint is just spreading out. And that's how it feels to me. Like they're not, it's not confined to the, to the tin anymore. It's been kicked over and now it's going, now it's spreading out. And it's a wonderful thing, but I'm still, this. I still find I tread with trepidation. So I don't upset anybody, you know, cause I'm, I don't want to do that, but I, I find it, I find the world is a far more interesting place now now that I've opened my eyes to these incredible things. Yeah. And I think as I, I think as you say, I think the big thing is with people like don't don't perhaps like don't assume someone's gender and like the way they're presenting. Um it, you know, ask people their pronouns. Uh if you're like cis, so if you're not trans, like put your pro you see like a lot more people putting their pronouns on the end of emails and things. And I'm like, mm. if you're not trans and you're doing that good for you that makes it it means that it's more usual and it's not like a big surprise and you know you don't feel singled out because you're the one person that's used your pronouns and they happen to be they them um like yeah respect when people use their pronouns and sometimes people's pronouns change as well be flexible Uh, and i think this massive oh yeah absolutely like people might people might feel that um for example like on some at some points they want to use she and at other points they want to use he and at other points Mm. they want to use they Uh, and that's all okay um and yeah i think as well like i try not to i think sometimes it can go the other way where you uh 
use they for absolutely everyone. And I'm like, no, I think we should also respect people who do want to use like she, her or he, him pronouns and make sure that we're getting that right as well. Uh, I know that that can be particularly important to people who are trans-binary and also to some cis people who are just like, actually, I am she, her and I quite like being she, her. Um, And that's, yeah, that's totally okay. It's not like a bad thing if you are like, uh, if, you know, if you're cis and you use like, you know, the pronouns were assigned to you at birth or whatever, like that is okay as well. We're not saying that's a bad thing. Um, <laughs> we're not like, oh, that's yeah. awful. We don't, we don't want to see that, you know, before the watershed. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Not on but Coronation how- Street. <laughs> yeah. The kids are still up. We're not having this. I know. Oh, you know, yeah. What? But you're, how do you ask? So how would you ask someone their pronouns? Do you, do you when you meet them, hello, my name's Rich. What are your and your name is and what what are your pronouns? Is it is it like that? How do you do that? Yeah, is it, is it, yeah just you like just that. Say that. Yeah, you just say like hi. Uh, yeah, what's your name? Uh, you know what what pronouns do you use? Uh, mm. And then off you go. Um, That's it. And yeah, that, yeah, I I I feel like I see a lot more people putting it at the end of like their email signatures and stuff, which is mm. yeah really like really nice to see. And I'm like oh thanks gang. Um, yeah. I see, because that's because that's where people. Uh, I've had I've had messages since we've been doing the uh, the the takeover this month, and people have messaged me going, "Oh, thanks, mate. It really it's really helping me get a better understanding of it." And that question comes up a lot: How do you ask people their pronouns? And it's as simple as that. What are your pronouns? Yeah, yeah. pronouns. And it, yeah, <laughs> it's funny. Isn't it? Easy, and, uh, yeah, easy. Yeah. There you go. Exactly. Just ask. I know. <laughs> Yeah, I recently. Uh, yeah. I, I I think I very. I only recently started putting my uh, pronouns on my email signature because I only came out to my mum like a few months ago, and before that, I was oh, like, really? oh, I'm not sure. So actually, probably was it about no, probably about six months ago now. So a bit more than a few months ago. Time time flies in a pa- global pandemic. Um, but um, but Is yeah, and then. And then I was like, oh, I've got to put other stuff on there. So I put like, uh, what else have I got that's there? Oh, I put things like, oh, I work, I've got dyslexia. So please excuse if I've, you know, got an absolute vomit of words here. Um, I mean, it's a bit more professional than that. I think I say, please excuse any grammatical mistakes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, And then, yeah, I say that I work, uh, yeah, I work flexibly. So obviously, sorry if I email you at five o'clock in the morning. Um, Well, this is, yeah. But this is it. If you just tell people... And this, this is why this is the, yeah, because for years people wouldn't, they'd be ashamed to admit that they had dyslexia or, or sometimes it was undiagnosed. And so they wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't, they wouldn't, they wouldn't tell people, look, I, I struggle a bit with words or I struggle a bit with this, I struggle a bit with that, which is, so that's a nice thing that's happening now. People are now, now being able to say, listen, I might email you at five o'clock in the morning or I might, this, this, it might be spelt wrong or this might happen and it's because of this, that and the other. Which is, again, a brilliant thing. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I think it's that thing of uh, making your... um, You don't necessarily have to state, like, your access needs first and foremost, but if you think it's going to come up, it's quite useful. And, again, that working flexibly thing, I have quite fluctuating mental health. So Mm. I'm like, there are some days where I'm like, well, actually, I'm not going to be working, like, within these normal nine to five hours. And then there are some times where I'm like, actually, I'm going to be catching up on this in the evening because this is the time that I feel the most well. Um, so I don't have to give my life story about it, but it just, people know what to expect. Yeah. 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 And, and, and with the, like you said, people, 
their, their pronouns are a bit more. They like they some days it'll be it'll be he or it'll be she, and and so that would go back again. You would say, what pronouns do you use? Yeah, and quite often I like to ask people. Like sometimes people might use um, more than one pro, more than one pronoun. Uh, so perhaps people might use uh, like he him and they them um and i might ask people like if they have a preference for particular situations um or like if they want to have them used interchangeably or if they just mm. truly don't mind um i work uh, as an audio describer uh, which means i um for the like for performance uh, so i describe okay. what's happening uh, on screen or on stage um for people who are blind or visually impaired uh, oh. and i work a lot in the uh, in the queer cabaret scene uh, and also generally in kind of like queer arts um, and like a massive part of what I do is around like people always ask like, oh, why is it queer audio description? And I, sometimes I want to be like, because I do it. Uh, <laughs> and then some, because I do it and therefore it's queer. Uh, but I, <laughs> I got trained by a really amazing company called Quiplash. Um, and like part of like the, what I do when I, uh, when I do description for people is I very much ask how they want to be described. Um, so I'll ask people, like performers, like, how do you want to be described? Like, what words do you want me to use? How do you want, you know, what pronouns would you like me to mm. use? Um, you know, like, how do you want me to describe, like, you? Um, and it's quite nice because it really puts, like, uh, the power back in someone's hands. Again, like, uh, kind of trans and non-binary people and queer people quite often get get our stories and get our uh, description taken away from us uh, and mm. we're just you know our, our stories and the way that we're described um, are described through like a, a cis normative and heteronormative gaze you think as well for example of like the vast amounts of uh, kind of news and media around trans people at the moment and how many of those are written by trans people like, yeah true yeah how how many of these articles are written by trans people and it is so few uh and yeah we're having this is totally being taken away from us so in a small way being like you can you can describe yourself and i will use the words that you are most comfortable with uh and being able to do that and be like this person is really comfortable with how they're being described uh i don't know I, that's that tends to be again where i'm like this is this is this is a queer element of what i'm audio describing <laughs> and also the word queer people you're you're, you're um uh, owning that again because when i was growing up again it was a slur and so that's that's something to get my head around as well yeah, absolutely. And I do try uh, to use uh, LGBTQ because um, I know some people don't like being called queer, not because they're like, oh, like, you know, I'm not I'm not part of this community, but they just don't want that um, that that to be used as the blanket term. Mm. Or also it might hold something. You're absolutely right. Kind of the generation before me got called queer. Uh, and I suppose I did to like an ex a small extent, but it hasn't had that much an impact on me. Uh, and mm. you're absolutely right. That was a slur and it's a reclaiming of the slur. But th yes. that does mean that like you have to be comfortable reclaiming it. And you have and people might have reclaimed it as their like whatever, but they're like, actually, I don't want to call myself that. And I think that's to be that's totally to be respected as well. Absolutely. I mean, what does it mean to be queer now? Um, like to, re to reclaim it. What does it actually. So, so for people listening to this, like what, what does it actually mean? Hmm. 
oh, but I re- I do call myself queer, and I, I like I call myself queer because it's kind of like the sub- subverting of these uh, of these norms, mm. uh, and kind of like taking these taking the norms that you have, so uh, taking like uh, you know cis, cis-, cis- normativity uh, and heteronormativity, uh, and then and kind of changing it and uh, being in charge of changing it. Uh, and being in charge of how you want to shape that as well. Yeah, right. Um, okay. And that—that's that to me is why why I feel queer, and especially when I feel that I like the word gender queer. Like, obviously, I'm quite happy to use non-binary. Well, not obviously, but I am quite happy to use non-binary as a term. But I I mm. feel quite strongly that my gender identity is gender queer, um, because that that's kind of yeah how. It, that's what I'm doing with it I'm queering it Um, and yeah I use bisexual as I said because I really like the colour scheme uh, for my sexuality (laughs) it's it's great it's like pink purple and blue Uh, and if you watch films now just make sure that you check out bisexual lighting there is a very particular lighting technique that is this kind of like soft pinky purpley blue and it makes everyone look great yeah and now you will never unsee it Um, and yeah and you'll be like oh my god there's some bisexual lighting um ah. but oh some bisexual uh-huh. lighting there um, <laughs> but yeah i would probably i'd be like i like i like bisexual because of the color scheme and i th- also think it's had like a really bad rep as like a term and i'm like no I, I want to like you know i want to keep that i want to reclaim that for myself but i do really like the word queer as well to, mm. to describe like my my sexuality too amazing yeah and th- th- this is it this is again this is why I have to ask because, like I say, it was a slur when I was growing up, and we never used that word. It was a very much at school. He got banded around. It was more like you're taking a piss out of your mates and things like that. And and now and so now when when people were reclaiming it, I started to go, oh, that's I, heard, mm, I don't know, I don't know how I feel about that. But now you've explained it, you go, oh yeah, I get it. Oh yeah, that makes sense now. It does make yeah. sense. It's like bisexual as well. There's that misunderstanding. I had a spoken word uh, uh, poet on uh, 1990s Chris, and he was talking about being bisexual, and that and there was always that was kind of. When I was growing up, it was kind of like, oh, you, you know, oh, you, you just want to have sex with everybody, and it's not quite, it's not quite that, is it? No, I mean, I do want to have sex with lots of people, but you know, mm. some people don't. <laughs> but no, <laughs> but no, that's okay. It's okay to feel that way too. Uh, yeah, I think bisexuality, because there is still like an awful lot of like um, biophobia, uh, kind of coming from straight and you know the LGBTQ community, which is. A oh, really? real body shame. Oh yeah, oh. absolutely. Uh, I think a lot of people uh, feel like that uh, they come into spaces, and again, that they're told that they're promiscuous or they're greedy. Um, mm. They can. I think a lot of bisexual women, in particular, feel that they um, get a bit of shtick uh, from the lesbian community because they're, you know, this. You know, you're almost like you're not a proper queer person. You're letting the team down. Um, A lot of bi men kind of uh, get told that they're, you know, they're just gay and, you know, they haven't quite figured it out yet. I think that's a big thing with bi men. Uh, And I think for me, I get this very particular one, which is like, but bi is really binary and you're non-binary. So how can you call yourself that word? 
And I'm like, gang, the fucking colour scheme. Like, do you not, let, I'm not, I'm not letting go of this colour scheme. Um, but yeah, for me, bi- bisexual means like attraction to people of my own gender and attraction to people of, of other genders as well. So it's not necessarily, oh, it's attraction to men and women. It's like my own mm. gender and other genders. Um, yeah. So that's, that's how I kind of conceptualise that. Yeah right, and it seems it's grow like the, the the relationships I've had and women I that I'm friends with and have known over the years, based on that on my own experience, I, I can't speak for everybody, but it seems women are more, uh, they've always been more fluid and a bit more comfortable with being with people of their own gender. It seems every every woman I've ever I've ever had a relationship with has also. Had done things with with their friends and things like that, and men don't tend to do that. And I wonder whether it's perhaps that thing of almost like uh, the erasure of that as well. I don't know. Mm. Like I'm like hang with me here. Um, because we can't, we're, hang on, hang with me here. I promise I'm taking you on a journey. Um, so with, I think sometimes with women, um, uh, well, like we all speak fairly binary at this point. Like sometimes with yes. women, like they, you know, they're given that uh, the the space to experiment because we're quite often taught that it doesn't count. Yes. Um, we're quite often, and that also comes from like within relationships. And again, I've been like in relationships with men, uh, and uh, they have been really happy uh, they have vastly encouraged me to like go and snog or like have sex with other women uh mm. because in their eyes that's non-threatening to them because right, it doesn't count right. that is non-threatening to them whereas with with men uh like that is that is treated as like yes that is sexuality and that that feels threatening uh... um and but on the other flip side of it, perhaps that uh, women uh, get that kind of um, that freedom, like because you can go under that radar a little bit. Like you're almost hiding in plain. I think of it as like hiding in plain sight. Mm. Uh, so you you, you like I think um, gay men get I think get this real brunt of of, of that visibility. So because you're so visible, like you get that brunt sometimes of that ho- like homophobia. Uh, and that reaction of like, oh no, that's you know that's gay, that's really gay. Uh, uh, uh. Mm, uh, whereas yeah. with women, almost because people think like, oh, you know, it doesn't count, it's fine. Like it, it kind of flies under the radar a bit, so we almost get that space to do it. Um, yeah. Does that make sense? Uh, do you know what it does? Because I was in a relationship, a proper, like, signed, sealed, delivered relationship. We lived together, and and my partner would uh, would do things with her friend. And I just, and I I'd said, to, I meant to do it to a friend of mine. And he went, well, that's not, that's not normal, mate. And I went, well, I, yeah, I just went, oh, it doesn't really, I really thought about it. She's happy and I'm happy. I didn't really think about it. I kind of went, ah, oh. no, she's cheating on you, mate. I went, no, oh, let's I'll just let him get on with it. <laughs> it's like, it was really weird. But yeah, if it had been a bloke, I'd have gone mad. That's, I haven't really thought about that before. Yeah. And I think mm. I've come across this a lot. I, um... Uh, identify as non-monogamous as well, which means that like I don't necessarily like if I'm in a relationship. I I don't identify as polyamorous because. Um, What's the difference between the two? Oh God! So I think again, there's non-monogamous as this like big um, umbrella term, um, mm. 
uh, if you're if you're in relationships with people and you don't necessarily uh, you know you have sexual or romantic connections with people outside of like a single mm. relationship yeah uh, so non non-monogamy can include stuff like people who are like swingers it can include stuff like people who have an open relationship so they might not have relationships like romantic relationships with other people but might have sex with other people um can be a bit of like sometimes people call it don't ask don't tell or i don't know all sorts mm. and then polyamory are people who tend to um uh, have like a very strong identity and feeling that they have romantic uh, relationships with multiple different people. And that's still uh, very... Okay. So, for, but for me, I am i don't think I have a particular strong identity towards either like monogamy or like polyamory. Mm. I'm just like, I, I don't know. It's, it, it all depends on like the relationship with people. I've been with my partner like for about a year and a bit now and it's been, it's been COVID. It's been... Of yeah, course, yeah. like it, yeah. it's been COVID. I was like, I can't, I don't really <laughs> want to be dating anyone else at the moment. Uh, and that's very situational. I'm also totally fine with it. I'm also, I am also like a little bit obsessed with her. So like, oh, I'm, I'm okay. it's, all, it's all right for me at the moment, to be honest. <laughs> but it's funny, the people that are in monogamous relationships, the, like they're married, they've been married for years, never strayed, never done anything else. They're all miserable. And you're like, well, why? And, and, and like, like I say, 50% of marriages end in divorce. And you're like, well, why are people still doing it then? It's because, is it, I suppose because society tells you you should, that's what you have to do. Yeah. I I think I, I don't think I want to get married. Uh, and in fact, I, d- I definitely don't want to get married. Uh, and the kind of reason behind that is vast. Um, mm. One of it is because I just don't want to organise the party. Like, I get. <laughs> I like get like kind of vomity anxious organizing yeah. my own birthday, and I'm like, imagine doing that for you. Oh God, I think I'd rather you know eat my own hands for sustenance or something. Like <laughs> awful, awful. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I do see some people who are very happily married and happily married monogamously, and I see some people. I see people in monogamous relationships who are extremely happy as well. And I think you know, mm. it's all it's all very valid. I think whatever whatever relationship structure that you adhere to, like you do have to you have to work on these things. Like no, sure. I don't think anyone goes skipping. Th- oh, maybe some people do go skipping through life, being like, "This is all that easy." Do you think there are there are? Do you think there are those people out there? Psychopaths, they must be. Yeah, all right. sociopaths. They're, they're not. They're yeah. not. They're not connected. <laughs> it just. I, I. I don't know. Maybe it's the kind of person I am. I just see it as like a one big kind of. Oh, it's just. Oh, uh, why is it so hard? Why is it so hard? Uh, just going out to wail at the moon every now and yeah. then. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Just bang your head against a tree. Why? Why is this? <laughs> but then, then I think about it and I'm like, the only reason it's hard sometimes is because of what other people are trying to push on you. You know, if yeah, we it's, just, it's, just get along. It's the kiriarchy. It's the kiriarchy, man. The uh, what? getting us down. Oh, so the kiriarchy is the word that kind of uh, refers to like all, all systems of, of oppression that we live under. So, you you know, like the the system of like, uh, the, like the patriarchy uh, mm, and like yeah. you know the system, system of white supremacy and ableism and uh, kind of like uh, cis and heteronormativity and like you know the list goes yeah. down. 
Uh, and the Kiriaki refer- refers to that, like to these overarching systems and how they also kind of interconnect and intersect with each other, if that makes sense. Mm, don't ask, oh, don't ask me how to spell it. It's, <laughs> it's got lots of vowels in it. Yeah, it sounds like it's got lots of vowels. And it Loads sounds, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's the first so time I've ever heard vowels. of it. <laughs> yeah, I was saying, the, the Kira, it, it's, I feel like it's quite succinct because, again, it does refer to this, uh, to like these, like there's no one, like if you try and like look at like a single system of oppression, like, yeah, as I said, like patriarchy or capitalism as well, or mm. uh, like the kind of uh, ableism, like if you, if you just look at it as like a single system that's like unrelated to anything else going on, it doesn't take into account Again, these kind of uh, different arcs of oppression that some people face. I think I referred back to it before that, you know, if you're trans and non-binary and also like a person of colour or disabled, etc., like you you exist at this uh, this particular section of marginalisation. Uh, and like, yeah, if you just have all these like single systems of like, of, of you know, explaining this stuff floating around without it connecting, it doesn't quite make sense. It doesn't recognise those experiences either. No. And it's all about power, isn't it? All these things that are placed on society is a group of people just trying to hang up, have all the power, isn't it? All the power and all the all the money, all the everything, yeah. you know? And oh, that's what yeah. That, yeah, you know, that's what it is. Because this has come up a lot. Like, fundamentally, we are just animals. And people are struggling at the minute saying, oh, I don't really feel like I fit in. You're like, well, of course you don't feel like you fit in. You're not supposed to. You won't be able, you're not, you're not built for this. None of us are, really. This, this system that's put into place, like you say, capitalism and, and things like that. You're like, we're not really meant to be that, you know? We're supposed to be running around eating and fucking and just being alive. But we're put into this yeah. kind of framework, aren't we? Oh, my God. It's like this thing of like, why is everyone's mental health really shit at the moment? And you're like, mm. oh, yeah, capital. Like, I think there's yeah. a really great meme that goes around that is like, oh, why do I feel so bad at the moment? Is it the moon? Uh, and then like the moon comes in and goes, no, it's capitalism. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like yeah. we're not, we're not. We're not supposed to live like these these setups. It does make us miserable, and again, it contributes it like to, it contributes to to poor mental health massively. Um, and you know, anyone who doesn't, I, I find that difficult, and I found that difficult with previous uh, with some previous therapists, where like there was almost like this um, this uh, non acknowledgement of like how kind of like my yeah my uh, gender identity and sexuality impacted like my my mental health mm. uh, and i found that i found that really difficult to deal with because i was like it feels that it feels like this is like a almost like a massive kind of standout thing and you're you're not you're almost ignoring it yeah. Um, which felt very difficult. So it was really nice, when, I think, when I came across my current therapist and, as I said, I don't feel like I have to explain all this stuff to her and she acknowledges that, like, these things do impact the way that, like, you know, I navigate the world and the, the world navigates me. Mm, yeah, for sure. And it's this, it's this like, I, I see it all the time, you know, this, um, oh, you're a good citizen because you've got a really good credit rating. Like, you can, you're a good citizen because you can borrow loads of money from someone else. And you're like, how is this a thing? How have you, how have they managed to brainwash everybody into feeling bad because your credit rating's shit? You know what I mean? It's like, of course your mental health's in the toilet. <laughs> oh my God. And I think, again, it's just set up to like really like shaft over people with no money. Yeah, uh, of course. And yeah, re- like, I think it's like, again, the, one of those things like you're able to borrow lots of money if you're already rich. 
Like yeah. that, that's, that's what a good credit rating is. It's like, hey, you've got loads of money and you've got a stable job and therefore you can borrow this money at like a lower percentage rating because you're already rich. So we trust you. That's what the <laughs> banks are saying. It's absolutely uh, yeah. wild. Oh, and I, I, sorry, I will get real, I'll get really mad at this. And you get all kind of this thing around, uh, again, uh, people on benefits and, how like this we're sneaking it out of the system like i've been kind of um like on universal credit before for various like reasons and patches and like the amount of kind of like magnifying like to make sure that you're not screwing over the system and i'm like oh, yeah. yeah we're not like we just want to like we just want to buy some like some food and pay our rent mm. you've got people who are screwing over the system by like hiring accountants to completely like be like let's see how little tax that we're able to pay exactly yes that is what loads of accountants do for rich people like why why is you know why is the government not turning around to them and being like actually you should probably should be paying a bit more tax yeah um, exactly. <laughs> but this is it isn't it it's always it always comes down to the people on the the everyday people it's always them that gets punished it's always the like on a, on a base level it's all whenever they want to make more money they bring in a new thing that means if you drive a certain way at a certain time if you don't pay the toll you're going to get fined it's always put on like people with like, people just trying to get to work it's always the everyday people they just get fucked uh. all the time See, you see, uh, this is another like queer stereotype I hear too. I don't drive. I'm 32 and I don't drive. Well, do you know what? You don't have to nowadays. You don't have so, to. I don't have to. I live in no. London. It's great. Yeah, why would you? You can't afford to have a why car in London you? and a house. No. Oh, God. Well, I've got neither of those two things. So that's fine. <laughs> but this has been a fantastic chat. I really enjoyed this. It's been really cool. Yeah. I'm sorry. Thank you for oh. coming on. No, thank you. Thanks for having me. And thanks for like talking about George Michael so much. Come on. I mean, who doesn't want to talk about George Michael? His, out, his, uh, his solo album, Faith, when that came out, it took my head off. I thought it was incredible. From front cover to final song, what an album. It's incredible. What? Like, what a hero of our times. Ah, uh, unbelievable. I mean, I always, it was funny. Growing up, I always loved, I did love Wham, but I never told anybody. I was all because I thought people would take the piss, but I always loved uh, Wham, and I know all the worst of Wham rap. <laughs> weirdly, <gasps> oh my god, that's incredible! You see, I don't even know that. I need to. Oh, well, I need to learn that. That's incredible. It's, oh, I it's mean, an absolute I, tune. I could do a whole other podcast just talking about George Michael and Wham and their impacts are on pop music and how it is actually slightly political. Yeah, absolutely. It is. It, and yeah. it's, but, that's, but that's how brilliant he was, that he was able to do it in such a wonderful, wonderfully subtle way that some people, some people got it like yourself and other people kind of went, oh, this is a really good song. You know, and didn't really, didn't really engage with the meaning, but that's how brilliant he was. Yeah. Yes. Oh my god! And, gen and generous George. as well. Oh, and generous as well. I mean, you know, putting yeah, Andrew Ridgely. Sorry, you're about to say about Andrew. <laughs> no, Ridgely. no, no. I was about to say about ah. him putting on the on the writing credits for Last Christmas. You know, so that Andrew would oh. always have money. Have you have you read the uh, autobiography that Andrew Ridgely's done called Wham? 
no. George and me. Ah, oh, it's like, it's a read and a half. Well, I don't know. Andrew Ridgely just slagged George's hair off uh, and say that he was called. <laughs> he was like, George had really shit hair at school. And I was like, all right, Andrew. Like, you know, mm. it's pretty, pretty rough, pretty harsh to say of him now as he's gone and everything. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, it was really interesting to hear about it because I just don't like, yeah, I think for ages I didn't even know who Andrew Ridgely was. I was just like, George Michael, George Michael. Uh, course, and he makes yeah. uh, he makes a, a cameo appearance in the George Michael, uh, the Wham Christmas film as well. Um, Is he? Have you watched that? Yeah, yeah, he makes no. an appearance just at the end. I mean, I've watched it so you don't have to. It's shite. Uh, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, Andrew, oh, Andrew wow. Ridgely peeks in at the end. I met him. I met him. This is going to sound really wanky, and it's not because I'm a member. I was in the Groucho with other people, and I went, we got upstairs to the bar upstairs, and Andrew Ridgely was at the bar, and I had a really nice chat with him. He's a really nice bloke. And I couldn't believe oh. I was talking to Andrew Ridgely. Yeah, lovely guy. Starstruck. I'm yeah. Amazing. Here you go. And in my head, I'm like, oh my God, you've stood next to George Michael. <laughs> And I've stood next to you, which means technically I've now stood next to George Michael. <laughs> this has been brilliant, Dot. Thank you so much for coming on. Where can we find you on the socials? On the socials. So I am Callum, which is K-A-L-L-U-M underscore Kirai, which is K-I-R-A-L-Y, spelt nothing like it said. I like to make I'm it glad you. I'm glad you pointed that out because I read it in when you sent me your the, the bio, and any, anyway, it sounds like it's it's pronounced like queer eye, and yeah, I'm, queer eye. Head, I'm like, queer eye. Yeah, it means it means king in Hungarian. Ah, ah. I used to live in Hungary. I used to live on Kiraiuta, which is King Street in Budapest. And I remember like being like, I'll I'll pick that. And I think there has been one gig that I've done where there was a Hungarian woman in the audience and she went absolutely mad for it. She was like, <laughs> it means king! And I was like, oh my God, this one person like gets this linguistic like in-joke and I'm here for it. But yeah, it's Callum Kirai. Uh, yeah, I'm on, I'm on the old Instagram. But yeah, at the moment I'm doing loads of different audio description. I do the audio description for an incredible party called Queer House Party. Okay. Um, uh, which started off as an online party during lockdown. They're kind of venturing out into IRL in real life events at the moment. Uh, and then I also uh, crop up uh, doing a little bit under uh, Callum Kirai performing as a drag king. Uh, and I also do the stage management for a really great night at the Royal Vauxhall Tavern called Kings of Clubs. Uh, oh, and fantastic. Yeah, what, what else? Have, oh, one more thing. I was like, one more thing to plug. Just again, like uh, the, uh, as an audio describer, the company that trained me with this a really incredible company called Quiplash um, and then yeah they specialise in quite queer audio description and also access consultation for like queer spaces and like basically fucking shit up uh, and they're they're <laughs> amazing uh, and I'd, I'd reckon giving, recommend giving them a follow on socials as well fantastic Dot thank you so much this has been fantastic and I've really enjoyed it I'm going to go and listen to some George Michael now and next year yay I'm going to see you on the Heath I'm going to be there yeah. definitely yeah. I'll see you see you on the heath. All right then. <laughs> Cheers, doll. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ 
the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Made by darkhorsedigital.co.uk Shooting, live streaming and podcast production.